Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Time and Place podcast where uh, the Gospel Conversation Show <laughs> where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to bring God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon and this is Julian Yo. and today we're going to be talking about baptism. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Well, you know how uh, music is manufactured, uh, written by algorithm basically, trans, Christian music, doubly so. Well, now there's an AI Oh. That is writing worship music. So it's fully <laughs> fully manufactured. So I think I know I think I've heard of this in not in uh Christian music, but I, I've heard that they made like a new Amy Winehouse song. Ooh, some from like old clips. Yeah, some computer did this hmm. and they play it was on Rogan, they played it and it sounded like a Amy Winehouse song. Did but, it make sense? Um yeah. Okay, because this one I I listened to it. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There was a Nirvana one they did, too, that mm. kind of didn't sound. It kind of sounded like an, an old Nirvana song or something. Okay. And so, but it's, I mean, it was, it, that one didn't make as much sense. I guess. <laughs> but, and I guess some of them don't, whatever. Yeah, but it's the. It's kind of shot in the dark, right? Like, well, yeah, it's working off pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. So whatever you feed it, whatever patterns it's picking up, that's what it's going to make a song out of. So it's not creating. No, that it's not. It's. But assembling then, but kind then, of but then in that in those terms do we everyone has their influences well yeah everyone is influenced everyone is yes you know everyone copies from something right but i think the difference is one of the reasons that i think ai is impossible in, in the way that people talk about ai is because they're trying to replicate something that's god-given right yeah we're talking about intelligence yeah and there's certain things that come along with that like the ability to not just create but to be improvisational yeah, because in songwriting, it's one thing to follow rhythm and note and pattern, but to throw in other stuff and have mm-hmm. time changes. I don't think computers can do that in a spot to like be creative. So yeah. much. I don't think it'll be creative. I, th- I think it'll be like the thing is, a, let's say a band or a singer or something has a style, has a certain like. If you listen to the first Radiohead album, mm-hmm. it, it sounds way different than a lot of their later stuff. It's more catchy. It's more radio yeah, rock, more poppy, poppy stuff, more trendy and just normal. It sounds normal. Mm-hmm. But then they get really weird. And stuff. Right. I don't think like a computer or an AI can make that shift. Right. Yes. You know, it can't grow like that. It can mm-hmm. just keep regurgitating different versions of the same. When the trends style. change and you feed more info, then yeah. it can follow the trend, but it can't be you feed more the info. trendsetter. Yeah. It, right. It can't be like creating something new within its own yes in you know genre or medium of, of art or whatever like bob dylan going electric or something right, like right it, it'll exactly. never do that it doesn't unless you tell it yes. to <laughs> start so playing rock and roll it's still just folk and start playing rock and roll it'll never just do that right it's still just human made music at right. the end of the day but bob dylan did make that shit. right you know he's mean? a man right. who can be actually creative <laughs> you can change and yeah it's too people are too complicated man we're yes. just too there's so much to a person and just to any person. And yeah, to think that we can replicate that, I mean, just have children. Right? <laughs> Isn't that like, yeah, I want to create more new intelligence. Okay. Go yeah. Have, have, a, have a kid. Well, it's like, well, we don't, we don't want to do that. Yeah. We'd rather make something else. Yeah. It's just, it gets a little weird that people are excited about it. That's the thing that's weird to me. Like, why would you be I mean, excited? It's about interesting. That? Just from like a technological kind of like, wow, that's weird. That's just, you know, you can chop stuff up. I mean, I think collage art is interesting. You know? Yes, but that's still because there's a <laughs> that's person. That's what it is, right? Right, but there's still a person 
doing that. Like, right. like just, just doing the AI. Yeah, that's There's true. always going to be a person behind any sort of AI yes. computer stuff. There's some nerd back there doing the code. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's never going to be like. It's never just fully the machine. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the point they want to get to, which is impossible, I think. Personally, I don't think that's possible. But it, yeah. I, I want to play a little bit of it because I, I heard it today. And What's it called? What's it's, called it's called Biblical Love. And the artist is JC. The AI is JC. Who's in the house? <laughs> JC. It's gonna sound crap. Through the microphone. That's yeah, fine. You didn't know you fall so hard when your feet left the ground. Gravity don't make no sense when I'm around. <laughs> come up against yourself when demons in your head get loud. I am here to help you and I'll turn them down. You may be wondering where you'd be if I never met you and you never found me. You'll never see. So you give me your life for the rest. It's a black AI. <laughs> well, the guy who's in charge. Black people make the best music. The guy who's in charge of the corporation is black. So maybe it's his voice that he's putting into it. Maybe that's it. He just wanted to show off. Maybe he wrote a song and he wasn't sure it was good. So he was like, hey, it was an AI. AI is a stage name. <laughs> he's like TI, but AI. <laughs> Yeah, it's a new hit by AI. <laughs> it's, like, it's just him. That's just the guy. I mean, it sounds like a cheesy. Yeah, I could, I could go on K Love. Yeah, today. I could listen to that. I could People would mom. call in and ask. See my mom sending me that. <laughs> With some kind of uplifting message attached. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, that's dumb. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's just we're just poking around in this, you know, technological yeah. stuff. Do you think we're just bored? Is that what it is? I think it's it's one of those it's like the Jurassic Park like you know mm. just we could we, you know we we're, we're worried about if we could do it we didn't know if we should right you know and, and I think that's what it is like what can we do it's like we can do this it's like okay well don't though yeah do we need to <laughs> do we need that there was or can a you just go write a song there was a podcast I listened to uh, I, I wish I remember the name of it but they were talking about this kind of AI stuff where a guy had fed a bunch of religious text to an AI and tried to get it to write like the perfect religious text, take yeah. them all and combine them. Right. I think I heard of this. It was, the, there was a whole, he was the religion of AI or whatever. It was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make like absolutely no sense. Yeah. It made zero sense. <laughs> Cause they all pose each other. You can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't harmonize them. It doesn't yeah. work. Can't have Jesus saying, no, there's no way to bother but through me. Right. Like, <laughs> well, that kind of rules out a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's that's weird. I think maybe it is just us being bored. We don't have anything else. There's plenty of there's plenty well, of I mean, questions to answer. Yeah, but people are interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I guess it is just people are bored, but or just it, it's the can it's it's what can we do? You know, I think that's more what it is. Not boredom, but mm -hmm. it's because they're exploring, they're asking, they're asking questions. Yeah, they're that's true. Figuring things out, but it's like okay, well, what? I wonder how, how much brain power and time and, you know, practice and dedication and devotion and just time and effort and energy was put into figuring this crap out 
versus just go <laughs> like actually learning how to play music and learning how to write songs, learning about songwriting and just actually going going to do it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I think you put all the energy and you get this one like track. Is this is this AI's only Yeah, it's the only one so far. So you could have like a whole album if you just like, <laughs> just like learn how to play piano. Same know? time, same effort. Yeah, same time, same effort. And come up with something real versus like double the time and come up with something fake. That's true. And it's like okay, that like you probably could if you spent that much time in learning music and songwriting, you probably could have written a better song. Mm. You know, or or just as good. One. Yeah, know. but that's not the future. The future is AI. The future is tech. The future is the metaverse. Sounds like too much work. Yeah, I mean it is. But, I mean that's the everybody wants to be on the cutting edge. The the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. <laughs> for the I'm mean, for them, it's the prestige. It's the we had the first. Whatever. I mean I don't know. I mean it's just it's not it's not good. No, it's not good. But it's but, but it's, it's something. But it, yeah, but it's real and it exists. Yeah, yeah. it's like Jurassic Park. Like yeah. yeah, everybody died, but we made a dinosaur. Yeah, that's what they need to be working on. Dinosaurs? Get, no way. Dinosaurs, no dude. way. One. Just give like one. They, the problem is you can't have like a whole park. No. You need, you need to have like one dinosaur just kind of have it around for a while. It needs to be an, an herbivore. Yeah. Get like a stegosaurus. And it needs to be a land one. Yeah. Is in, in the, whenever I see the previews for Jurassic Park and they have the oh, ocean the ones. and stuff and like so. Yeah. Terrible no, idea. You don't want them taking over the world. Again. No, exactly. That's the mistake. That's, <laughs> that's the mistake they always make. Just get one. Just have one. <laughs> that way it's like. And you, you travel know, it around. You can't breed. Right, you, you just have the one. Yeah, you just have one, and then like, okay, now we want to make a brontosaurus. All right, we gotta kill this one. There has there have to be like <laughs> rules, you know, of like we make, right. we make a stegosaurus, and it's like, okay, cool, let's let's check it out. You know, what were they like? Let's let's examine it. It's like, all right, now we want a triceratops. It's like, all right, we gotta kill this one. You can't because that's how you get it gets away from you. But how soon are people like? smuggling dinosaur dna the rich people want to own their own dinosaur in in, in yes things. exactly that's exactly what it happened the shaving cream sneaking them out uh i mean there's it would have to be we, you know we can't let china do it obviously no we can't keep coronaviruses in their own country so <laughs> See, definitely trust them with dinosaurs the oh my god and they're the ones that would have the relaxed laws to do that oh yeah stuff. for sure you, you think they have pigmen you think they have Ooh, chimeras already i could see that in China, somewhere hidden, cloning people. I could see that. I could see who that. would be mad. Who would stop them? Right. Who would know? They would encourage it. Yeah, in their own country. They yeah, would. they would. Oh man, I know. I think I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. So that Schultz or somebody was talking. They're like they're talking about that. Like yeah, they would let they would let them clone. He's like, how would you know? That's a population problem. <laughs> They've been cloning too much. Look at them, they're all clones. Oh my god. Mm. That's the perfect nation, really, for like a Chinese style government. They're all clones. They all think the same. They all act the same. So they all think we look the same? Like all white no, people? No, I, I I don't think so. Because like even amongst white people, like are you Scandinavian? Are you are you from Britain? Yeah, but is it, is it like are, are they like us where it's like y'all look alike? We don't know. We can't tell y'all apart. I've never heard I've never heard an Asian say that. Do you think they? I think so. They can get away with it. I would think so. Just the gap in cultures. And... Let's find one and ask him. Yeah. I don't know any. I, <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know Koreans. 
a couple of Koreans. I could ask and be like, hey, man, do I look alike? <laughs> like who? <laughs> well, like me and you don't look alike. No, at all. But we're not the same ethnically. Like me and another white, just random yeah, white just guy. Yeah, random white guy. Do we look do the we same? Look the would same? you mistake me yeah. for some other guy? I think they would. I really think you they think? would. I think so. Oh, uh, maybe not one in America, but the one from China for, for sure. They would just be like, oh, they're all white. Yeah, you're all just the same. <laughs> you're all just a bunch of jerks. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Entitled dummies. I'd like to see that. I actually would like to see that. We should get somebody from one of those countries to give us their opinion on America. Yeah. I bet it, I bet it is. It's hard, though, because, like, with those, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, when it's all one. Homogenized. Yeah, where it's like, because America, it's like, oh. What does an American look like? Right. Well, who would Anything. you know? I mean, I guess a Native American, Indian, like that. Yeah. If you like, have to be technical about it, like that would. Technically but even look then, like, like American looks like a, a North American native doesn't look like a South American native or like a, in Mexico. Like they didn't have the same, you know. I didn't ask what a Mexican looks like. Right. <laughs> I guess that's true, but I mean that bleeds into like the whole region. Yeah. You're gonna separate by. So you're saying Indians are just Mexican? I mean, the ones down south. What else are they? Uh, I wouldn't say Indians are Mexican. I'd say Mexicans are Indians. Yes, that's that's what that's I mean. Closer, that's right? closer. Yes, because okay. I mean we're brown. Like, what? Where do you think they came from? Yeah, not Spain. Right. That's just the reality. <laughs> not the Spaniards. There's some of them that lean into it hard. They're the like they're they're medicine men and healers and spiritualists. Well, that's where all that like weird spiritualism comes from. They, they go full native. Spain. No, no, that was already here. Yeah. What? Well, yeah, it was the Aztec stuff. I think that's where you get like Dia de los Muertos and like yeah, a lot totally of see that. It's not Spanish, no, like it's Mexican, which means it's like Mayan. Yeah, so. basically, <laughs> that's weird to think about. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, enough of yeah. <laughs> On the subject of weird spiritualism. Yeah. So <laughs> magic water that saves you. Holy water. Holy water. Some would say. Yeah. That's yeah okay. So, baptism. <laughs> baptism. What is it? The question of baptism. What does it do? Does it do anything? Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. Question answered. Done. Thank you guys for coming. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's a problem. Uh, there's two ways that we talk about baptism, or two ways that the popular Christian faith talk about baptism. I guess. Is How many one- times have you been baptized? Twice. Only twice. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good but i feel like i have a good reason for it because <laughs> the first one i was like eight and it was just one of those things like oh if you're in church long enough you just get baptized right yeah like everybody else is doing it. i guess it's my turn yeah the second time it was like no i'm actually committed to this life mm-hmm. and this actually means something so you rededicated no not rededicated because to me in my my opinion then why did why did your first baptism not be good enough because it didn't really mean anything it's the difference between living with your girlfriend and getting married. Wait, did you did you were you a Christian when the first time? That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, I guess that's really the question. Right, it's, that's it's a not, really hard question to answer. Not, it, it, I think it naturally flows from baptism. Yes, of baptism right, right. Of like is uh, talking about salvation because there's a lot of people who've been baptized that are not Christians or wouldn't claim to be Christians anymore. Yeah, or ever. Maybe it happened to them as a kid. They got baptized as a Catholic as a baby, and they just have no connection right to anything. So. I was baptized once, but okay. when I was like five okay, or six, right. but I, it was after I had like said the prayer. <clears throat> okay. And this gives that hard question. Answer. Right. Does that count? Right. Yeah. I think it does because it, the, the main reason that I can remember, and this might be, you know, just a memory hole that mm-hmm. just like kind of get, gets blurry, but I remember thinking about hell. 
and being afraid of hell and knowing everyone I knew was a Christian. Right. First of all, at five is like, okay, it's just, I, it was no, I had no reason to question it. I had no reason to doubt it or, or think any, believe anything else. It was just the thing you do. Right. And so I did it, but being saved was like kind of just the thing you do. Say this prayer. Do you believe this? Yes. I mean, I, I can't say like, if I say I didn't believe it, then what did I believe? I would didn't believe anything else and you can't believe nothing. So that is what I believed. I didn't have enough information in my head. You know what I mean? Do you think that makes a difference though? Because now, like at, at this point in your life, you've seen worldviews and religions and everything, right? And you you know this is the one that is true, and I believe. I understand why I believe it more. Okay, I don't know if I like laid them all out on the table, and, right? Like weighed them, right, 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 kind of thing. And I don't know if that would even like are we even capable of doing that. Are we the judge? You know, especially if as if, if we're called an elect and. Just how how we believe in God's sovereignty right. over our salvation and stuff. I mean, I don't know how much like my weighing it really had would have at five or fifty five would have had in part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's biblical scholars who reject it, so it's just you're right. either called or you're not. And mm-hmm. so I don't think because that's kind of the age of accountability kind of thing, right? Too, right. Of like, well, now you understand. Now mm-hmm. you can choose. Now you're guilty, or yeah, not, right. you can be held accountable at just. Un- unknown whatever age, age we yeah, decide yeah it's uh, so completely unbiblical <laughs> completely like no idea when that age but it's just an age of time. right you um know. It, but that implies understanding leads to salvation right that's true too uh which is true as it is revealed to us mm-hmm. not by our own right cognitive abilities and no one's no one's unsaved because they don't get it right and just say no bart ehrman yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just any like a lot of like yeah, people just like they they can share the gospel better than you can, right. you know, better than I can. And they're just like, I don't believe that. I don't want that. I reject that. Mm. It's like, okay, but you said it right, so <laughs> you clearly <laughs> understand it. So understanding has no bearing on mm. your salvation. So at five, how much did I understand? Well, I understood if I don't if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, then I will burn in hell forever. Mm which is true. So I was saved on, on truth. So I think that was a real salvation. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is like what, what you believed when you were saved, was that true? Mm. And what your motivation for becoming saved and becoming a Christian, was that true? Yeah. I mean, was it kind of base level of like thought, thinking about it? Yeah. I'll burn, uh, I'm, myself on the stove and i knew it'd be that all over my body forever <laughs> if i don't say this prayer i'm saying that prayer <laughs> so it was kind of a fear but that's a true fear you know right. I mean? right, like, right right and i think that's okay and, but, and that's hmm. not to say we should just like terrorize people you know into like is fear a good motivator to get people to say a prayer and how how valid is that but again it's true i mean that's edwards right sinners in the hands of an angry god yeah i mean if that's true and that's kind of your motivation impetus to be saved and 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 say like okay yes i believe this and and i truly don't believe anything else and right because somebody who doesn't believe that isn't afraid of hell right so it's it the belief is still there and it's always the bad news before the good news right right and i definitely i understood the bad news Mm. and it's like okay so then i understood the good news of like I want. I, I I knew I was in trouble, basically. Or I, <laughs> I was afraid of hell, and mm. so at five, I said a prayer and believed in God and put my you know 
faith in Christ and got baptized. And then, you know, at around seven or eight, I started un- understanding more. Right. And I kind of, I think it's kind of the same situation. of like, okay, well, now I really mm-hmm. have heard some other things maybe. And like, really, I want to say the prayer again. Right. Whatever. And I did. And so I was like, I got saved again, but I didn't get baptized again. Hmm. So would you need to? You think? Need to? I don't think so. Because well, What about a Catholic? You know, James White and Doug Wilson had a debate about that, about whether or not their Catholic baptism is valid as a Protestant. <laughs> Wilson said yes. Well, we White just, said no. We just have, saw that article with that, that priest. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he said the wrong word. He said, we baptize he, you in the name of the Father. He did the spell wrong, so it didn't, <laughs> it didn't count. Dr. Strange messed it up. So now it's all invalid. So now all those baptisms are invalid. <laughs> Imagine if that was actual and you woke up in hell because somebody said the word oh, wrong. <laughs> he said we instead of I baptize you. Oh no. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Like, it's, it's hilarious that that's a real thing. Yeah. That actually happened. And that the guy actually believed <laughs> that like, it's a problem. He said this. Yeah. He said the spell wrong. There was, there was a video uh, of a Catholic church and they were bringing the host out mm-hmm. from wherever they keep it. And uh, one of them tripped and spilled the wine, and there was like wailing, like you wouldn't believe. Because <laughs> I mean, in their head, you spilled the blood of you spilled Jesus. <sighs> That's crazy, man. They lost it. It was amazing. <laughs> and there was and people in the comments were like, "Oh, well, they never should have even been carrying it like that in the first place. They weren't treating it with the proper respect." <laughs> it was just, it was. It's that mysticism. It's yeah. the magic water, the yeah. magic wine, the magic bread. It shows you where their hope and faith is. Yes, in the stuff. It's in the stuff. It's in the material. It's in the thing. And that's the baptism of like, okay, is is there something in the H2O that is saving? And, mm, right. you know, if, like, if you get saved, if you, if you uh, repent and believe and you're on in your car on the way to church that morning to get baptized and you get in a car wreck, Oops, you didn't. Right, you were you, you were a little dirty. You didn't finish it off, and uh, you now you're going to hell. So it's not like that, <laughs> as far as I understand. That's incorrect. Right. So so it's not salvific. It's not part of the salvation. Right. Um. So what is the importance of it, or like, why should we even? And that's it's not the, salvific. Then right. It's, and know. that's that's the question, and I. Uh, the apostle, well, not the apostle, the the Baptist, John the Baptist. I think this always kind of sticks out when he's baptizing people. Let me get you here. And uh, the people come to get baptized, especially some of the Pharisees, and he says to them, "You brood of vipers, who told you to flee the wrath to come? Do works in keeping with repentance." Right. Mm-hmm. So his whole thing was like, "You came to get baptized because you're afraid of the wrath that's coming." But if you don't continue to do works in keeping with repentance, this isn't going to save you from anything. Yeah. So when I was five, I was afraid of the wrath. Right. That- <laughs> so you got to go get baptized again. You didn't do it right. No. <laughs> but I think it comes down to that salvific, like, okay, baseline. It doesn't save you. Right. Right. John is saying if you don't continue in the lifestyle, then the baptism meant nothing. Uh, Jesus was baptized in the first place, so he didn't need salvation. So why did he get baptized? Right. So what does it mean? So it's. How it's explained a lot is, other times is outward expression of an, of an inward, inward truth, right? Yeah, and so 
it, it is that like if I take my wedding ring off, mm. am I no longer married? Right. No. If I never put one on ever, am I not <laughs> married? No. Mm. But I but I want to show right. that I'm married. You're not conveying to you're by putting the ring on, yeah. you're conveying to everybody yeah. you're in a covenant with someone, much like baptism. Right. You're conveying to everybody you're in a covenant with someone. It's an outward expression of like what that we are married, that, that I have a wedding ring on. And that's important. And I think I think if you're actively so it's like okay, if I go work out or go run and I don't put my wedding ring on or if I just forget or if I right. if I lose it. Mine's behind the bed right now. I, so I, don't to... have <laughs> I know we don't. We both don't. Have <laughs> I dropped mine. And I right get now it we're not married. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it, that's that's like okay. You know, gotta buy another one. I have to I'll not forget tomorrow. Right. You know, whatever. But if I am at a bar and I take it off mm. and put it in my pocket, right? You know what I mean. That is different. Yes. Than oh, you were going with the workout and didn't that's drink. violating the covenant, right? And so, like everything, context is right. key. And so, in that situation, it's like, okay, I'm at a bar and I take my wedding ring off. That doesn't mean I'm not married. But what are you doing hmm. in that in that action? You know, and that's kind of the behind it. So, if someone were to say, like, well, I said the prayer, I don't want to get, I don't, you know, hey, we're doing baptisms this Sunday. You know, I know, you, you know, you, you recently confessed faith in Christ, and you know, you want to get. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. I think that would be a red flag. Yeah, that'd be, uh, yeah, a red flag <laughs> of what's going on with this person. Did they just kind of say a prayer and mm. and they don't actually want to go up in front of everybody and get baptized? That's that's an issue, <clears throat> and not because of the baptism necessarily. It's it's the heart behind it of of not wanting to tell anyone right that you're that you're saved, which is what baptism is. And so I, I would think that's a sin. I would think mm-hmm. that that's. Uh, Indicative of, of an unchanged heart, mm. of someone intentionally not wanting to, of saying, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Do you do think we baptize too liberally? Yes. That we treat it since, and this is the danger with the, it's only a symbol or it's only an act. Right. That anybody can do it. And we encourage anybody to do it. Oftentimes, especially when there's baptisms, it's like, hey, we're, getting, we're doing them this Sunday. Everybody come up if you want to get baptized. Yeah. That we do end up with a whole bunch of people who are just, Going through the motions. Well, I mean, I, I think you see the same thing if, if you're leading someone to Christ through conversation, though. Because mm-hmm. they, like, do we do that too liberally? Uh, no. But is there a danger of us having that conversation, someone professing, confess, repenting, and, con, you know, confessing and and uh, believing, saying they believe in Christ as their Savior, uh, and then nothing happens like they don't they'll never show up to church they don't ever read the bible they don't ever pray and it was just kind of a religious experience they Mm -hmm. had that day i don't think we should shy away from things like that because of those those times that it happens Mm -hmm. because there's times that aren't and and that is up to god not us like we're here to share the gospel and baptize those who want to be baptized Mm -hmm. who profess faith in christ the, the inward heart change like okay i mean that's going to be up to God anyway. Right. If I do one baptism a year or 50, mm. you know, that's, that's that's still going to be up to God who's actually saved. So, I mean, yeah, we too liberally. Yeah, it's just kind of a, you know, thing. But I wouldn't, I don't say like we should not do as many or something or not call people to come be baptized. Mm. So <laughs> we had talked about a while back, um, we were talking about Revelation. And we, we had come to this point where there's this distinction that we tend to make or Christians, evangelicals tend to make of literal and symbolic. 
Yeah. And that we 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 came to the conclusion that that's kind of a bad it's a category error that we, we should switch the perspective from that because it, it leads us to think of things as just symbolic and not meaning anything uh-huh. like communion, like baptism, yeah. because they're not, they're not, they're not salvific. So therefore they're not doing anything is the idea. Yeah. Whereas a better understanding I think is physical and spiritual. So like much like a wedding, right? Like the idea that two people become one flesh, we don't literally become one flesh. But in a very real spiritual sense. Well, I mean, with a child, <clears throat> you do. Hmm. I mean, if, like that's pretty literal. <laughs> one flesh, you know, with both your biology and DNA hmm. making another singular person from two. I mean, that's pretty literal in that sense. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, let's say a childless, childless couple. Right. Yeah. They're married. They're still one flesh. Right. They're still two people. Right. They're not literally the same person. Right. Right. So, but spiritually, something yeah, happened. There's one family. Right. With just a married couple. And that was when, when I got married, that was one of the things that I think I told Lewis about it. We were talking about it. And I said, it feels weird because it feels, in one sense, nothing is different. But mm-hmm. in another sense, everything is different. Like, it felt different, even yeah. though... Like in the material world, nothing's really different. I wear a ring now. That's the only real, you know. Yeah. And I think with baptism, it's the same way, and with communion, it's the same way. Like physically, when you come up out of the water, because you have to be immersed. Let's just get that on the table. <laughs> Nothing happened, right? Like yeah. nothing's different except you're wet. Yeah. You sprinkled or don't. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Wet either way. Um, yeah. I mean, but it. But it is a command, and it is, you know, like just something we're supposed to, like we're commanded to do. That if we're faithful, we would do. Um, yeah. So, it, like, and if we intentionally don't do it, we're sinning. Right. And with communion, it's kind of the same way. I mean, we eat the bread and drink the wine. Nothing's physically happening, right? Yeah, and, and, and but there is something about the presence, though, mm, mm-hmm. of God and, and of Christ uh, that I think we as Protestants miss, miss a little bit. Yeah, you know, in that of of like a really understanding the weight of that mm. and and the presence and and I can't even like say why we miss it or how you know, but I think that there is something there that's that we don't take as seriously as we ought to. Um, well, I think we miss it from trying not to be Catholic. Right. I think that's really the distinction. Right. And I think it's those things that are like, well, it's not salvific and you're still saved if you don't mm-hmm. that lead to, well, do I really have to go to a church? <clears throat> you know, it's like you start asking questions like, uh, well, you know, it's like, okay, if, if you're in a, if you're on a desert island or you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or you're in a country that doesn't have churches, right. like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're still a Christian, but you don't attend a congregation. Um, I think it's it would, that that can lead its context. I mean, again, if you're actively, willingly, intentionally not going to church and not part of a congregation, and you could be, you're sinning, and that's different than being in China or in a jail cell or something where you can't go to a, you know, you 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 want to, and the intent is there, but you just literally for whatever reason can't. Right, and so you're still a Christian, but you can't translate that over to, I don't have to go to church. And I think people do. And that's the problem, you know, and I think people do that with baptism 
uh, as also or or communion or whatever. I'm just like, well, you know, I'm still saved if I don't. And it's not as if like the Bible doesn't speak to any of those things. If you were to say like, well, do I have to be in a church? The Hebrews would say yes, not to neglect the assembly, mm-hmm. right? I, I I think. But I mean, so does Acts too, right? Like, uh, where it talks about that of like coming together and yes, right. Acts twenty five, um, because that was I, mean, I remember people throwing that in people's face uh, in Corona <clears throat> of like <laughs> you're not you're not meeting. You're sinning. What do you think about that? Do you think streaming church counts? It counts more than nothing. <laughs> I mean, but that's the kind of situation. If there's the if there's Ebola out there, and this is the only way you can kind of communicate with other Christians, mm. I think praise God for uh, technology and uh, you know modern society where we can still meet, still hear the word, still sing, still you know literally talk to each other. Right. It's not just like watching a recording. It's we're interacting person to person, soul to soul, you know, over over miles. But, you know, through Zoom, we had DG on Zoom, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think that was wasn't just as good, but it was I it was something. It was something. And I think it was attempt to be faithful and to right. attempt to keep to doing these things, which is better than nothing. Um, but again, if you can meet in person, mm-hmm. like, if, you know, but and for that time, we couldn't. So. I think there's a. Uh, streaming services, I think I, I, I get the the point of like, well, if you can't, this is an option, mm-hmm. but I think some people take advantage of the option. Like, well, I'll just stream it today. That's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> that's what I mean. And, but so people take the advantage of that option of like, well, I don't have to go to church at all. Right. Still be saved. And so, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, but that's, that's not what we're talking about. If there is something to doing it, uh, if you're able to, um, knowing that it doesn't save you, but you're just part of being faithful mm. and in a desire to do it. Even, you know, if there's no desire even to do it. What does it say about heart? And that, that goes back to the idea of like, well, we, we, we've been trying to, we've been meeting with somebody and talking to them and we got them to say the prayer. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's out of your hands at that point. But I, that's that easy, easy salvation, easy beliefism. Like oh, I said, the prayer I'm saved, like nothing else required. Punch your ticket. Yeah. Free grace. Yeah. Nothing required at all. Golden ticket. And that's uh, that's a Protestant thing too, or an American. Well, Protestant the one thing. saved always say? It's just like yes. it's, it's just yes, ter- yes, it's yes. Just terrible fear we have of like a works based salvation. Yes, of like wow, well, it's not works based, so I'm not you know. <laughs> so you don't have to do anything. I didn't read my Bible today, but it's not works based. That right. was fine. That was okay. But it's not fine. Yeah, it's not. You're not unsaved, but it's yeah. not fine. Yeah, and I think that's not like a question we don't ask mm. enough. I think the question we ask too much is, "Am I still saved? If I da 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 or mm. don't da 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 whatever." We don't. We don't ask. Am I honoring God with this? Am I am I glorifying God if I da da da? Am mm. I honoring God? Am I, am I sinning if I, you know? And I think it's so so. <laughs> I've had conversations with people like, ask those questions, and you know it's like, well, you know, does, does that mean I'm not saved? It's like, no, just <laughs> chill. You're still saved, but you have you ought to do this, you know, and. And we just weigh it all on salvation. It's all of the in or out. Am I in right, or right, right. out? You know, if I do this, and it's like you're asking the wrong question. And I, I, I think we just frame everything around: Am I say? Am I in or am I out? Too much, mm. and then we never we never grow as Christians and mature in our faith, because there are degrees of glory. You yes, know? and so, but and we don't understand that at all. That's some. I mean, I 
just recently kind of learning more about that the whole first corinthians thing Mm -hmm. of like different degrees of glory and there won't be we're not going to be all be completely equal in heaven right and and that was like news to me (laughs) up to like a couple years ago of like huh like what i thought equality was like the perfect that's 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 utopia right Mm -hmm. we're all the same no it's not and because you and it would depend on your works we will be rewarded yes. there's there's condemnation <clears throat> to hell and redemption right it. and then there's commendation mm. in heaven right you know and, and that will be determined by our works again not saved by our works but different degrees of glory and reward in heaven in the new earth based on our works that we do now do you think hell is the same way degrees of punishment based on what you've done um i don't see that as much i guess i don't see any like you think it's a baseline like you're in hell i mean this it's no worse hell yeah i mean there's like the 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 prison type of like mm-hmm. shale and then that gets thrown into mm-hmm. the lake of fire so there's that i don't think you burn yet i guess until final judgment yeah but the guy the rich man is burning because he wants He's yeah. in heat. He well, wants I don't water. Know what Sheol, like that's the thing. Well, too. Sheol is just the afterlife, right? And you have the so what is bad that, side and the so good what side. Is it that like people in the pit or in death get thrown into Hades and Revelation, like yeah, because okay, so the Lake of Fire, right? Because Lake of Fire is the final judgment, right? And that's where the but grave right. is. Thrown, the guy right. Richmond was he was burning. Burned. He was in torment. Yeah. I don't know. Was this came up in in a church? A couple weeks ago, we didn't have time. Obviously, it wasn't the time or the place. But uh, somebody asked about that because of the verse in Revelation about the books being opened and the dead being judged by what they did. Yeah, and so we kind of got into it. And yeah, the degrees of salvation—not salvation, degrees of glorification, post-salvation. But then we open it, and you're like, okay, well, you're in hell. Are we metering out? Because there is there's verses like where Jesus talks about in the last day, Sodom and Gomorrah will raise up in judgment against this generation. Yeah, for their unbelief. So is it like you know, on that day it will be better for them than for? Yeah, uh, is that just to express a point though? Yeah, I don't know. Not That's literally again. Right, literal, it'll be a slightly better. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that literally uh, better for them. Sort of, you know. I don't know, um, but but it's pretty clear in heaven as far as reward right. is, and like John Piper is gonna have a higher, <laughs> higher degree of glory than I will. You know what I mean? Right, and. And it's hard to understand, for us to understand because we're in our fallen state and we're constantly jealous and covetous mm-hmm. of what other people have and things. There won't be any of that in heaven. So right. we, I think what it, what it is is we'll perfectly understand why that person is in a, is in the position of glory that they are in right. and why we are. Mm. So it is that perfect knowledge and perfect understanding, you know. Because like someone like John Piper or something, I can understand. Like, oh, of course. You know, if I see him <laughs> in the VIP section, right? Of heaven, it's like, oh well, yeah. I mean, look what he did. But if I see you, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the? It's because I set up the computer every week oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, tech savvy. <laughs> you know, but we'll have a perfect understanding of like, oh, okay, I get it. Yes, because of what he did, because of what I did, didn't do, or what he didn't do, what I, you know, and a perfect contentment with that, right? And then a perfect uh, rejoicing with them for what they do have at right. the time. But it will be different. Yes, there, we will have different levels and different ages right. of glory, and um, yeah. So that's so. Again, we're asking 
and none of that has anything to do with are you saved right we're, we're all, all there saved, we're all there you know <laughs> and so but see that but that's that just emphasizes how how much we ask the wrong question mm-hmm. you know christians ask like well can i do this and still be saved can i do that and will be more saved or like <laughs> you know do i need to get saved again that i you know am i in am i out whatever rather than like you're in chill now work because that glorifies God. Right. And it actually does make a difference for you. It will make a difference for you in eternity. Mm. And we just don't even, it's not even on our radar at all. So man, it's, it's really, it's really crazy. Why is that assurance of salvation so difficult? (laughs) Like, why does it keep coming back to that all the time? Cause we just feel bad because we (laughs) we sin and we feel guilty and we think like well if i was really christian why do i still want this Mm, mm -hmm. you know why do i still like this why am i still tempted by that why am i still this way why am i still struggling with whatever you know and we just think i I think we do see sort of like uh like a religious experience or something of like well things we we always love those good testimonies right right like oh man it something happened or I, i i saw this pastor and it changed everything. I was never the same from that day forward. And it's like, well, I don't have that. Yeah, you know, I'm still the same. Real pivot point, you know. Right. And I, I don't think it's because because what happens when you hear about that testimony, and then in a few years that person has some sort of like terrible mm. sin mishap, you know, sinfall, and it's like, well, what was that? Not your pivotal day? Is now this your pivotal? You know, <laughs> and and it's like, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think it's as cut and dry of like, well, that right. was the one day. And now that changed everything and I'm never going to sin again, or I'm never going to like just have some terrible fall from, you know, mm. quote unquote fall from grace right. kind of thing where I do live in a couple years of, of really messed up sin for a long time, for a while, even after the great high mountaintop times. Right, right. You know, I mean, look at Israel, right? <laughs> when they parted the water, they crossed the Red Sea. It was like, wow, talk about a pivot point in your faith. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Nope, they nope. still <laughs> like we're dealing with stuff and it's the up and down and you know, always God's chosen, right? You know, always his people, but in just like these up and down weird states in life mm. throughout their life. Well, the misunderstanding like justification is instant, but sanctification right. is not. And I don't think we make a good distinction yeah. between the two oftentimes. Yeah, we're That's, just worried about am I saved or not? Right. Am I still saved? Am I not was i never saved or that's what i've heard a lot of people have issues with calvinism it's past the point of of election i think people have accepted that or not it's more of the point of uh the eternal the uh perseverance that's where people have a lot Mm. of problems because they have a hard time believing like that that person was never a christian yeah like it all felt so it seemed so genuine yeah and then they fell away like I, i can't have a hard time believing they were never saved they said everything right right well, I think it's still that comes from us still trying to hold that weight on us of our perseverance and of our sanctification, it being ours. And it's like, okay, now I'm saved. Now I still have to do all these things. But He who began a good work in you mm. will finish it. So right. He, the same, the same God who just you know saves you, sustains you. Mm. You know, so it's not us hanging on with all our strength to right. God. It's Him holding us. It still like carrying us still through the sanctification process. That's Him as well. Yeah. You know, the justification was him and right. sanctification is him. It's not it's like, okay, I got you, got you to the starting line now. I do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> and in your own strength or whatever. Um, it's still him maturing us and growing us mm. through that whole process as well, through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us through that, you know. So I don't think we recognize that as much either. 
So this is a good question because it goes back to that idea of do we treat it too lightly? Uh, we do marriage classes before getting married. Should there be a class before getting baptized? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is that. There's, there should be a conversation for sure of like, hey, what do you believe? What is this, you know? Because uh, if we're baptizing someone in the name of good feelings and <laughs> good self-esteem and positive vibes, I mean, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> that conversation is not. Usually a lot of those conversations and that unpacking happens after baptism mm. in the discipleship process because I don't know how many times like someone will be saved and baptized and then, all right, cool, get plugged into a discipleship group, get plugged into a community group, start reading your Bible, start praying, and they do, and they start hearing about like, you know, Leviticus. And, <laughs> now it's a problem. In Genesis, and it's like, huh, okay, well, I don't know about the whole evolution thing. Or, huh, okay, homosexuality is a sin? Uh -huh. Well, I don't really agree with that. I don't believe that. So, well, mm. then you're disagreeing with God's word. Right. So now, what are we talking about here? You know, like a couple Sundays ago, was that just a religious experience you had? Or a very emotional, you know, heartstrings thing? Or, you know, there's this real heart change and mind change and mm -hmm. being transformed? Uh, you know, and it's a lot of times when you start really unpacking and the rubber meets the road, the honeymoon phase is over, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, now do you still believe this? Mm. This, you know, well, nope. And okay, then you were never a Christian. You just I, got wet <laughs> that day. <laughs> I mean, we treat marriage like that too, and to some extent, you find out something about somebody, your things change. You're like, well, this isn't what I signed up for, so I'm yeah. out. No fault. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think traditional wedding vows are so important because. Um, it's good to have said those words, hmm. you know, because people write their own vows and that's when it be turns into that, that right. feelings of like, Oh, I'm my best version of myself. I'm around you. Right. 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 You feel so Okay. That might change. Yep. <laughs> you know, but I'll love you for better, for worse that I said that, right. You know, and it's like, if you never said that, <laughs> then you actually never made that <laughs> vow to that person. You know what I mean? It's, that, it's I heard health. I heard recently, uh, I'll always try to be the best version of me that you can see me as. Uh, what happens when you're not? Yeah. That's a terrible thing to promise. Okay, that's a vow, but like, okay, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, and then what? Your wedding vow? Well, I guess like, you're free because yeah. I couldn't keep up my end. <laughs> that's what it is. It, it, and yeah, so I think it really is important to keep those traditional vows and not, well, you can add on maybe your stuff afterwards or whatever, hmm. but you got to say those vows. You got to say those words, you know, and there's something to that because uh, then it does become like, and that's why we got to get the gospel right. Right. When we tell people of like, it's not just a lifestyle change of, you know, or even like the health, wealth and prosperity, right? Like this will improve your life. This will make you, this will make everything great. Like, well, I mean, for a lot of people, it doesn't like, all right. <laughs> it makes, you, <laughs> it makes it, it worse. It makes it worse. <laughs> Paul, you know, the best Christian ever. Right. It's like, man, that, that is not a wealth and health prosperity gospel. <laughs> but he so, learned to be content in plenty and in famine with right. much and without. Yeah. And he had the peace of God. And right. That's what's promised, you know, not. And so, and God provides according to his riches and glory, not mm -hmm. in what today's culture says is, is, you know, making it. <laughs> and we do say words with baptism. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Buried with Christ in his death and raised to walk in newness of life. But I don't think yeah. we think about that either. It's just a thing we say. Dude, that's something we talked about recently, yes. too, of the first resurrection. Yes. And that being the first resurrection. Right. That salvation moment, that's the first resurrection. Holy crap. Do We do not see it that way. No, at all. 
because the tradition, I mean, the re- left behind is like, well, the Christians are going to be here, yeah. and then like in a thousand years, everybody else is going to come back for the second resurrection or whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. So like, it it really like, and, and I don't know why it's surprising to us to see our baptism as the first resurrection, mm-hmm. our, our salvation, coming to Christ and being baptized, repenting and being baptized as our first salvation, because in Ephesians two it talks about us being dead and our right. sins and trespasses, and then. God, you know, through Christ, God makes us alive. Okay, that's baptism, <laughs> raised to walk in newness of life. Like right. That we, just, it's just, it's just become this church Christian thing we yes. say, and it's just like, okay, yay, and let's, let's go have. Casserole. But it's again, it's that you talk to people, and it's that distinction. They don't, they don't put the distinction on spiritually dead. They say, well, it's symbolic. Right. It's not literal. You're not literally dead. Like, well, no, you are. Man, and, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say literal. I mean, it, but. It, it's real yes it's true yes because you're spiritually the spirit world is not symbolic it's not an idea it's like there's a real spiritual reality that we live in and that's what that's what we've had kind of conversation i'm still kind of unpacking this and learning more about it but people looking at the garden as metaphorical or as a song right or as symbolic (laughs) or whatever it's like okay that's the story of how we have sin right okay what do you think about your sin do you think it's a song? Do you think it's <laughs> metaphorical? Do you think it's poetry? Or is it deadly is serious it real? and real? Because the garden and Adam and the tree and the fruit and the serpent are as real as your sin. Mm. However real you see your sin is as real as you have to see the garden. Because that's the story of how we have our sin. Of how we've come into this fallen condition. It's as real as cancer. It's as real as our aching knees. Right. It's as real as our as the thermodynamics of like everything going from a state of order to disorder. Right. Is that real? Is that literal? Because that has happens because of sin. Okay. Then that. What other story? You got to come up with some other story where we got our <laughs> sin, where we got this deadly world of mm-hmm. pain and suffering and all these things that are very real that we know about are real. What? It, the garden is as real as all of those things. Mm. It's as real as cancer. If cancer is real, that comes from something. That comes from the fall of the perfect way God made everything and how we screwed it up in the fall, and that's why we have cancer. So you, cancer's not a song, all right? <laughs> it's not metaphorical. It's not symbolic. It's real. And so, like, that's, like, seriously how – but I think that – but we don't see Genesis as real. We don't no. see the garden. We want to put it as, like, this – mythology and kind of like well that's just kind of what they said to make sense of of right of the state of things that they found it you know later on so it's kind of what moses said it's the best way like, moses could explain it or right. understand it okay but it, it's real though it, it, it's real it, our sin is real cancer is real death is real the fall was real so the tree and adam have to be real mm-hmm. it's a through line it's a it's a straight line through that and so it's as real as all those things and so we have it's, and I think it's by not taking Genesis one and two and three seriously that we don't take our sin seriously. Mm. We don't take going to church seriously. We don't take the Bible seriously. We don't take prayer seriously. Right. We don't take a lot of these Christian aspects that are are very real and very crucial to our faith as real because of this weird like <laughs> you know mythologizing and kind of well, it helps critical us, look at the it the helps scripture. us be socially acceptable. Like I don't really believe in talking animals and yeah and gardens and even uh, though evolutionists believe we're talking animals, right? 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> and frogs can literally become princes. <laughs> there was a, I mean, the, 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 one of the, like, it's to the core because if Jesus is the second and better Adam, right, there has to be a first yes. and worse Adam. <laughs> yes, exactly. The second Adam is as real as the first Adam. Right. I mean, what are we talking about here? You're going to say you're a Christian, believe in Jesus Christ, died for your sin, whatever that is. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, is this all just a metaphor for a better way to live our life? Or is this real stuff that is, because the, the second Adam is just as real as the first Adam. Mm. I mean, it is where he, the first Adam failed and attempted and failed. The second Adam succeeded. That's the whole point. Right. That's the two sides of the thing. I mean, that's the, well, the it, initial of the story. The difference is where you see the sin that needs to be corrected. Because I think in, in, when you see that, when you understand the fall of everything, including you, you understand that not just creation is broken, but you are. Yes. Like you need to be fixed. Yes. And I think when you have that metaphorical view, you see that as like, well, the world is broken. Yeah. And I need to be rescued from it. I'm not the problem. Right. Everything around us is broken. Yeah. It's that, that ascension of humanity. Yeah. Right. Like Jesus showed us how to be better. Yeah. Like, no, he, I mean, yes, but also he came and died so that you can be transformed. Yeah. It's not about our ascension. It's about God's condescension. Yes. To us. He became yeah. like us to yes. raise us up. Right. It's because nothing we could do to, at all to, to in any way because yeah. of the sin in the or garden. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So the garden is, is as real as your sin. It's as real as cancer. It's as real as anything that is a result of the fall, which is all the death and suffering and pain that we know is very real. So literal symbolic, I think we need to like, so baptism, our first resurrection mm. is as real as our first death or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is our sin. Is your sin real? Yes. Okay. And that, that gets to like the, the verses where, because it's always been one of those things that kind of like, uh, I've never got a good ex explanation for, or there's not a time and place for it. When Jesus talks about, when he's talking to the Sadducees and he tells them uh, that it says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living, yeah. implying they're not dead. Like, what does that mean? Right. Or when he says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall live, and who believes in me and lives will never die. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Like, yeah. we never die. Well, in that spiritual, it's not fake. He's not lying. He's not yeah. speaking in metaphor. Yeah. But again, it's that we don't see our salvation and baptism as a real first resurrection. So what does that say? How we see Christ's resurrection? Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's everything, right? Like that's, that's well, what Paul says. Like if that if Christ is not raised, then we're most to be pitied. Yes. It's all futile, <laughs> you know, our right. Is futile if there's no first resurrection of Christ. Okay. Well, what do we think about our first resurrection? And, and what if we thought it was real in that, in that way of like, I was dead mm. and now I'm alive. Okay. And that's not just some, spiritual thing that we say it it evolves the spirit but we have to see the spirit as real and it was dead and now it's alive our spirit is made alive in right. christ and so i don't know it just changes your actions it changes the the weight and severity of our actions and sanctification as a christian and how we approach things like going to church and reading our bible and praying it's what living people do yes right you know and it's like because you're living you can and god is you god has opened your eyes and he's revealed these things to you. Mm. It's like being blind and being uh, being able to see. And there's a lot of mental ascension and a lot of understanding and cognitive understanding. And people think they're saved because they kind of got the story right. Mm. And there's nothing really else right now to believe or things are kind of going well. And so or since become a Christian, you know, 
sun is shining and you know i've got positive and just like my better. best life now yeah i'm living great you know and then like poor you know, new children dying it's like mm. oh what then you know oh, right i'm gonna stop be saved right but <laughs> <laughs> well that's it, that the perfect story of the blind man who gets his sight back when they're questioning him like well who did this what was this do you understand he's i don't understand everything you're talking about all i know is i was blind and now i can see yeah yeah and there's a lot there's you know there's blind people who can skateboard Right, you know what I mean? Yes, and, and it's like, okay, you think you can see, you think you are seeing, you think you you're living perfectly fine as a blind person, but you can't see. You can't see. You God is not. You've not been revealed. Right, it's not been revealed to you, and so that can that's what it takes. And I don't know, man. Like, what's the like? How, how much better could that blind skateboarder skate if he was could see? Right, you know, and you can do great things blind, you know, but it, it but you're still blind. You're still blind. It'd be a lot better if you could see. <laughs> You know, and it, yeah, it is. It is one of those things like uh, having having the faith and then understanding. Mm. You know, is like having your eyes opened and then understanding. Like you'll never understand color. You know, a blind person until they see it, until right. their eyes are opened. Right, and that's exactly what it is like. You can't understand this until you have been given faith, mm. and then you have faith in Christ, and that that's completely opposite of how but it, we, that's that's the proper analogy is you can never understand or be able to explain color until you can see right and it's like well what do you mean i should just be able to that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i should be able to just understand my way into seeing color it's like, nope you have mm. to see it and now you can explain it and understand it and there's real man there's a lot of that online especially you'll see the argument come up like well uh, there was a girl I remember on TikTok who was trying to explain why something wasn't correct. And she was like, and just so you know, uh, I went through seminary and I know, well, it's like, yeah, okay, you went through seminary. That doesn't mean anything. You're a blind skateboarder. You're, you're a blind skateboarder. <laughs> you could probably tell me what this means in Greek, but it hasn't penetrated. Right. Anything. Yeah. And that's, I think those are the hardest people to get to, the ones who are like, well, I understand. I know it. I think they are. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, they... yeah, it's not, it, it's, a, it's a dead faith. Right. Right. Yes. It, a faith that can't save. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's just that a men mental ascension, just understanding it, but not having it have changed your heart and changed your life. You're not resurrected. All right. I've thought about the fact that we're too liberal in uh, Christian music in a way where some, some parents who find a kid who's talented in church, they're like, oh, put him up on stage. Let him sing in front of everybody. And then it, back in the day, it used to be like, oh, you get signed to whatever, you get a record deal, you're going on tour. Uh, Jennifer Knapp was on tour with DC Talk for a while when she was pretty young, and you know she was one of those. She started in church, played the guitar, all that. Now, if you talk to her, she's nowhere near yeah. Christianity. Uh, do we do that with stuff like preaching and pastors and seminary too? Like, have we lowered it to the point where it's just school and just a job to where anybody can do it? And then you have the ones that are like, "Well, I was a pastor, and then I deconstructed, or I left the faith, or yeah, my son told me he was gay, so now I have a different opinion on everything, and I don't feel the same anymore." Yeah, that's that relativism of like truth will change according to my lived experience. Yes, you know, and and that's what it comes down to is you can understand everything in the Bible, but if you're not filtering it through the standard of Christ and and God's glorifying God, words like love, uh, words like uh, faith or compassion or kindness or whatever, you're not filtering those things having having those. Have, have the Bible define those things, hmm. then you're going to have something else define it. And then you're going to start filtering the Bible through that standard and definition. And it's probably not going to 
measure up. <laughs> no, you know, it's gonna right. be different. It's gonna be going to two different roads. And that's man, that's one. That and that's why. Say, and that's when they see like, well, the Bible's not loving. It's right. Like, okay, what do you mean by loving? And what do you mean by compassionate or cruel? What do you mean by mm. cruel or immoral? You know, Bible's immoral. God did. Okay, where, where, what standard? Yeah, are what you, morals? Yes. Where are we? And so, and it, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. And, and people don't even realize they're doing it. They're just like it take too much for granted. They think these, mm. we all agree, and the Bible agrees with what you mean by immoral. And you, you start reading it, and it's like this is immoral, right? Like, well, okay, <laughs> by twenty twenty two standards of human fleeting, shifting sands, shifting with the wind, word of immoral that means nothing. <laughs> But that's the standard people filter the Bible through mm. and they find it lacking. I was like, well, of course, like it's because that's not the definition. You're not letting the Bible define these terms. Right. You'll I mean, that was, that's always been the case, though. Like when the Romans would call the Christians atheists, like they don't believe in the gods. Can yeah. you believe like, well, yeah, yeah, according to your pagan standard, this doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah, according to that standard, I'm an atheist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the craziest <laughs> thing. So, but. That used to be a big one. I remember having a, a conversation with somebody who was like, well, I just think if my love is this and God's love is even bigger, then why wouldn't it include everybody? Like, yeah. well, because your love's not the starting point. Yours is broken. <laughs> yeah. Yours doesn't work right. That's what the, But that's what that everybody filters everything through their understanding right. of, of these terms. And they start filtering the Bible through their understanding of what love is. Mm. And it's going to be different. Right. Well, because you don't see yourself the way the Bible sees you. Yes. You, you turn it around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible has to not only define itself, but it has to define you. Yes. And you have to submit to that mm. definition. That's, those, nobody likes that, that authority. Yeah. Submission is. Yeah. Mm. So it, I know this is a little bit off topic, but I want you to enlighten. Give me your opinion on this because you, you said something that shed some light on something that I was messing with. The, that idea of head coverings. We had a group conversation about it. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about the symbolism behind it and what it actually like implies and how it would work now. Because I was really struggling with that one for a little bit. Yeah. And that idea. Well, the context of that in First Corinthians is marriage. Right. Is yes, in, is in married couples, and that was the key I kept missing because it yeah. was wives. It's not just women; it's it's married women, and that's what he's talking about. And so, in in today, we would put that as like a wedding ring. Hmm. And so, if a woman is like refusing to take uh, her husband's last name or her, uh, wear wear a red wedding ring again, intentionally, right. not wanting to show that she's married, hmm. that's a problem. And that's what the head covering thing is talking about: some, being put into submission under someone. And that was the whole head covering. Like, I'm going to wear this. And it's, it, it's, that's the old version of right. a wedding ring. What do you think is the reverse of that where it says that men shouldn't cover their head? Because that, that was a whole argument, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, because we're not women. Right. <laughs> we're not wives. Right. So it's the, it's the, the gender it's the dynamic. Is yeah. the, right. Because God's not wearing a hat. Right. <laughs> so we shouldn't. Neither we. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it is that just like that God, husband, wife, right. you know. I've so. seen people talk about how that umbrella picture is if, if you see this, it's a toxic church. Get out. That idea of like God, husband, family. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because we'd go, we want complementarian and we'd go in straight biblical patriarchy. So I can't even imagine the. <laughs> but yeah, I think about that a lot. I, I had a discussion with my wife. Um, Wearing this hat. No, <laughs> no, about the name thing in a different way. Because when I, you see women with the hyphenated names or yeah. the, the, you know, not wanting to take their husband's name, uh, she was reading a post, and and at the end, the person just in somewhere in there, they described people as being Christ followers, 
And I was like, oh, I hate that term so much. I hate it. Why? And because <laughs> so the whole impetus for being a Christ follower is the idea that they don't want to be called Christian. Right. Oh, okay. Like yeah. that name has too much baggage. So we, we got a different thing for it. And I hate that because one, like Christian means something. It is Christ follower is so vague and generic. It's like, well, I'm, I'm following. Specific. No, I think it's less specific because Christian, the whole idea of Christian in the text was little Christ. Yeah. Like trying to be Christ, okay. trying to walk like Christ, trying right. to, you know, as Paul would say, follow me as I imitate me as I imitate Christ. Okay. Is that idea. Christ follower is like, well, I, I, what does that mean? What Christ? Yeah. Where? How, what's your. I can see that just becoming as much baggage also. Though. Yeah, eventually. Oh, Christ follower. Right, exactly. Oh, here goes a Christ follower. But it's that idea of like, I think the women who hyphenate their names now, it's the trendy, it's showing that you're not part of that what patriarchal about, what about system. Jesus freak. <laughs> well, that was always correct. That was never wrong. <laughs> the Jesus freaks coming down. <laughs> I love when I read that in an old like yeah. lyric or an old book or something. Yeah, like oh, the Jesus freaks. Yeah, Hunter Hunter Thompson talks about. Oh, that. that's he, great. He would always say like the Jesus freaks. Coming. <laughs> but that's like the hippy dippy Jesus. Yeah, people. the super hippie people. Yeah, that was like an actual movement. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's. I mean, that was Christianity, right? In the first century, the Christian movement. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, just that I that I feel like the Christ follower is the version of a woman hyphenating her name or not taking her husband's name. It's the, the I want to be culturally appropriate, yeah, and still be a part of this thing. Well, it's the it's the we're equal. Yes, the egalitarian view of just right. like we're exactly the same. Like, no, we're not. No, not in any way. Not. <laughs> Literally, yeah. not not the same. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's the weird. I knew a guy who took his wife's name oh. because he hated his dad so much. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that was a weird one. He's like, he wanted the name to die with him because he was the, the only boy, and so he's like, I'm not gonna let that name even live on, or something. I think the better option would be to change what the right, name means, right? You know, change your family. Tree well, because we believe life. in a redemptive faith, right? right? Yeah. So you believe that's in redemptive, right? <laughs> and that's a problem too. I, I, I think. When it comes to the spirituality, and maybe to bring it in for landing, to come, when, it, when spiritual truths and being real, we think about God that way. Is like, well, God redeems and God, uh, God corrects and God fi- God fixes. It's the thing Jesus says at the end of Revelation: "Behold, I'm making all things new." Yeah. And I think we don't believe that really. And that's when we hit Christians who are like, uh, "My marriage was just unfixable, and now we're divorced." Or uh, my family, mm-hmm. I just can't stand to be around them anymore. I just had to get away. From, I don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. Like we we believe God redeems, sort of. When it's beneficial, right. not really. We put limits on his power yes. and his sovereignty over yes. things. And I think that's a lot of things, especially the things we find our identity in. Mm. Of And I'm going to go there. I was saying like, in the homosexuality mm. of saying uh, to, to say that you can't become a Christian. Like when someone's weighing that, if someone's saying, weighing, giving their whole life to, to Christ and really what that means. And that meaning, they'll say... I can never not feel this way. Right. What they're saying is that God cannot transform this part mm. of my life. And that's a heck of a statement to say, <laughs> to be like, wow, okay, then that's, you know, and, and so, but it, I, it always reminds me of Rosario Butterfield mm. when she mm-hmm. came to Christ. Radical feminist, lesbian, atheist, typical, you know, crazy, the, the <laughs> most unlikely person. And, and in her book, she talks about the long, kind of heartbreaking process of coming to Christ. Right. And it's not this like 
great emotional religious experience. It's like she was like a train wreck. Mm. Like she was just undone. Right. And in and, and but that is a surrender of giving my whole life to Christ. And she gave that part up too. She was still attracted to women. Mm-hmm. And she even she told God, I'm giving this to you. Even if that means I never have sex again. Mm. I'm giving my life. I'm giving my my uh identity, my what I think about family, what I think about work, what I think about anything, and my sexuality. Mm. I'm giving that over to you, and I'm trusting you with it. Even if that means I I will never have sex again, I'll always be dealing with this issue, I'm going to not sin. I'm going to submit to you and give that up and give that over to you and, like, lay that on the altar, you know, and really just hand that over. Man, what a surrender and what... You know, what little thing are we holding on to mm. of like, I'm not going to give this over or God can't fix this or God can't transform this or change this in my life or whatever. And it's, it's it just shows the, the level of worship we have of that identity of those things and devotion that we have to those things in our identity that we're worshiping, idol, idolizing mm. in idolatry, those things that we say cannot be brought and put under and made right and redeemed in Christ. And, you know, she got married. She right. Christ did transform that. And it's only when we give up those things. And, and it's one of those dangerous things in the in, ever we can ask God to <clears throat> take our world apart. Mm. Take my world apart. God, I give it to you. That is so scary. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he does. Because he does. And he will <laughs> smash those idols yes. and make you drink them. Mm. And it, that could be really tough and really heartbreaking. But that's the thing. It got to break your heart. It's got to transform your heart. The heart right. stone has to be broken. Like, and, and that is just, it just flies in the face of all of our autonomy and mm. all the things that we, that culture of pagan paganism says, you are the, the captain of your destiny and you are, you're, you're, it's your choice and your free will and your rights and your autonomy and your, you know, you dictate your own destiny and stuff. It's just the complete opposite of that. And I think that's something that's insanely missed with Christianity mm. and Christianity just becomes another part of our identity right. that worships us, that glorifies us, you know, makes us seem like interesting, you're smart people <laughs> or, or faithful or whatever we want to call ourselves in that self idolatry. But um, yeah, it's, it, it is that uh, uh, p- putting, submitting yourself to God. And that's the whole like, the marriage thing right with the women and the head coverings and just understanding that mm. hierarchy and uh that's holy and good yes um and and just submitting to that and, and just becoming part of that it, it, it changes it changes what you mean by count the cost mm. and she could really that. understand what that means when we say buried with christ and raised to walk in your life like dying to self yeah in the truest sense i remember she had a quote that i always liked that said uh when we die, the road to heaven is paved with Christmas lights. Cause like that's the tunnel's not scary. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've, we've died to new life. And yeah. I remember my son said something like that uh, recently. Cause when everybody was dying, we didn't really explain it to him too much. Cause I didn't know what he could fathom. Yeah. So we would try to explain to him like, Oh, well they're in heaven. They're with Jesus. Yeah. And I remember he asked later, he was like, why is heaven in a white box? <laughs> like why, why do they have to go in there to <laughs> go to heaven? And that's like literal, but also spiritual. Like, well, because the road to life is death. Mm-hmm. You have to die first before you can be raised in your life. And I, I don't think when we when we spiritualize baptism like that, we don't get that. Yeah. Not really. 
Yeah, we don't really see it as a resurrection. No, because of, of like a real now you're alive. Right. You were dead and now you're alive. Now you're alive. And it's hard when you're at five, you know? Yeah, right. And it's exactly. weird. And that's why I had to get baptized twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but or, but you can understand, but you'll be alive and then be like maybe understand how alive you are. Right. Look back, I think, on your bap- baptism at five and say, like, oh, I was dead. I was born in a state of deadness to sin. And. I was made alive in right. Christ. I mean, there's going to be people in heaven who never understood the finer points of every detail, but they understood I was a sinner and I needed Christ. Right. And that's that's the furthest I got and for whatever reason, but that's what you needed. Yeah. That was enough. Yeah. And and I think that's – and there's this aspect of, of baptism too that we miss as I think Baptists and ironically <laughs> uh, that Presbyterians really get right. Mm. It's the idea of the covenant yes, and being brought into the covenant. And that's why they baptize babies. And it's not a sin to baptize babies, right? Right. Um, because they have a different understanding, and, and I think it's something we kind of lack of of being brought into the covenant family. Like, mm. but we Baptists do it as like baby dedications, right? Right. Like we we dedicate we we promise to raise him in the faith, right? right and right. teach him, teach our babies, teach this baby here. You know, bring him up in front of the state. We did it with the kids just recently, and uh, you know, kind of like dedicating them to Christ, ded- baby dedication. Right. Right. We have it. So it's basically the same thing of saying like. They're part of our Christian family, and that doesn't mean they're Christians. And like mm-hmm. being part of the covenant family doesn't mean they're saved. Right? It's not salvific. Also, Presbyterians don't see uh, baby baptism as salvific, uh, just the way we do. Right. But they do have a more more of an emphasis on the covenant family mm-hmm. and being brought into the covenant. Same way, just the same. When and baptism is like the new version of, of circumcision. Yes. Right? right. So circumcision didn't mean that you were chosen hmm. just as much as your last name isn't you know right goldstein today but <laughs> you're chosen right? right that you're still best people it's children of the promise right right and so in, in circumcision of the heart hmm. right that they even talked about in the old testament right you know and so it but but it's still an in it's still an in the family sort of thing mm-hmm. that we i think kind of miss a lot of times that there's an in without being saved and 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 it's it's really hard to like to think about because there's the circumcision and the, the covenant that you're brought into the covenant but you're saved if you're circumcised by the heart and so i think that's something we miss the way we do baptism and like mm. a believer's baptism right you know and so because we don't really have anything besides the baby dedication which is kind of like well yeah what is that's less biblical than right baby <laughs> right you know and so, and so, but it, and it also gives more weight to verses talking about falling away, mm-hmm. you know, and that can actually mean something when you have a real emphasis on being in the covenant, right? And then falling away with us, it's like, well, I only got baptized when I was saved, so mm-hmm. if I'm out, then uh, I'm not saved anymore. I, I lose saved, my right? salvation, or right. whatever. Whereas, like, if you see, if you truly see that as like being brought, seeing baptism as being brought into the covenant family, and then you fall away that can still make sense because there's something to have fallen away from that right. wasn't salvation. Right. Right. So I don't know. It's something very interesting um, that I read an article on table talk about it, about pedo baptism. Mm. And that was very enlightening. And the old Testament got, I mean the, the new Testament gets that when they talk about being baptized in Moses in the cloud or in the, in the red sea or in with Joshua in the Jordan, like all of the people walked through that, but a bunch of them died in the wilderness because they weren't faithful to the covenant. Right. Like they get that. Yeah. Like we kind of don't get that. Yeah. 
that's the Catholic flaw too. The salvific baptism It's like, well, no, it didn't then. It doesn't now. It doesn't ever. Yeah. I heard, uh, uh, on Tim pool's channel. He has a, I don't know if you've ever seen freedom tunes, but the guy who runs it is a Catholic, pretty hard for Catholic. And he's on there pretty frequently. And they were talking about, uh, I don't remember who the, Oh, Kermit Gosno, the abortion doctor who, uh, yeah, they were talking the worst, about him. The worst serial killer ever in history. history. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the way because uh, the guy they had on the guest made a movie about that oh, yeah. whole situation, and they were talking about it. And, and the guy Seamus made this point that like, well, no one's beyond redemption in Christ. And they were like, well, does that mean he still has to pay? And they're like, yeah, he still has to go through the legal system. Like, th there's no escaping that. But you can be redeemed. And then he says, if he were to accept Christ, enter a relationship with Him, submit to the church, and receive the sacraments, then he could be redeemed. And I was like, you just added. Whoa, 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 back, go back. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, but again, I, it's hard because there are things like I said, the communion, like the presence of, of Christ that we miss when we don't take it as serious. So there's got to be some kind of middle ground of like, yes, it means nothing. Don't worry about right, it. Right. Exactly. Versus like, it means everything. It's, it's, it's crucial to salvation. And growing up Baptist, I always thought everybody who wasn't Catholic assumed it was the it's symbolic. It doesn't mean anything. But there's yeah. there's a wide range of Protestant understanding of like, what does this mean? What, yeah. what does it symbolize? What is it? And like there's consequences for communion, for taking yeah. it incorrectly or sinfully like it has a real physical effect that paul talks about people being sick and dying yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean it, it matters it definitely matters but the history christian history is so catholic <laughs> so we start looking at the history of these things and it's like oh that's super catholic and then people will start swimming in the tiber well know? i mean luther like, was a transubstantiationist yeah yeah <laughs> let's do this in remembrance of it right right in remembrance. <laughs> so i mean what does he mean when he says this is my body this is my blood yeah it's because <laughs> he's inaugurating the new covenant yeah this is this is my blood shed the blood of the new covenant shed for you this is my body broken for you and then caps it off with do this in remembrance of me it's in remembrance and it is to to it is a holy thing to do but the catholic view of it is that christ is continually dying well that, okay so i asked the, the the priest summons yes. christ to come and die, and die again. again and christ obeys they so they say i asked somebody about this too doctrine says i asked somebody about this and they gave it to me in a different spin but equally weird that it's not a uh re-crucifixion it's a perpetual crucifixion but that is it's over Yes, but they don't see it. That, the way this guy explained it to me was that it happened at a point in time, and it's continually once happening for, always. Once for all. <laughs> Christ did die once. I mean, again, I don't know how any Catholic reads Hebrews. They don't. Oh, my God. They don't. It's so insane. They dude. don't read Hebrews. <laughs> it's crazy. That's uh, why when you meet a really educated Catholic, they're educated on Catholic dogma. Yeah. So it's like that I know is wrong. Yes. There, there is some – there is – an, an emphasis on the presence of Christ that we miss, I think, a lot of times in Protestant Christianity as Baptists. But, but there's also the totally wrong thing of perpetual yes, dying. perpetual sacrifice, yeah, perpetual sacrifice. Like, okay, no, like that's that's not it. But it's you got to find that like middle ground of taking it super seriously and real, but not having it be in your terms of. Christ is always is continually dying on the cross. And I think that's uh, – reform people have a, a handicap of looking at the confessions and being like, this is where they got it right. 
Right. And there's no nothing else they could do better. I, I've had discussion with one of my elders about uh, how they're not confessional because the confession makes a statement that to be baptized, it has to be by a member of the clergy. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's biblical. I think those little things, like, there's always one little right, that one little bit. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, like, could I? I'm not a clergy. Could I baptize somebody? I mean, I don't think anybody was ordained when Christ ascended. He wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Peter didn't finish his seminary degree, so he couldn't baptize anybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, weird things like that. Anyways, I hope this was helpful. And if not, at least hope we'll actually ask questions about these kind of things. I think yeah. it's important to actually question where we where we stand on these things and how we understand them. Sure. Uh, coming up for the future, we're setting it up now. We don't have a definite time yet. But uh, on Instagram, the naked pastor, be careful when you search that. We found out today. <laughs> yeah. But we're setting up an interview with him, which should be enlightening. Uh, he's a comic strip artist. We're comic book guys, so that'll be fun. Uh, but also, he's former pastor of 30 years, now kind of seeing things in a different light. So we'll bring that to light and see how that works out. Um, so yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll post when the details come out, and hopefully we'll be able to get people on that. But anyways, until next time, this has been The Time and The Place. We will see you guys later. See you.